worshipped while trusting God fully. Expecting, I hope you remember these words, I'll test you next week. Expecting, believing, trusting. I hope you leave this place trusting in God's best for you. Welcome to the Hope Baptist Podcast for August 26, 2018. Today, Pastor Dave continues his series with a sermon titled, Holy Roar. This ought to be good. Stay tuned. Afterwards, check out our website, HotonBaptist.org. A lot of information there about the church and a lot of things going on in the church at this point in time. So, take some time, check it out. If it's been a long time since you've been to church or you're kind of looking for a church, stop by Houghton Baptist. We'd love to have you. Come as you are, we do. Enjoy the podcast, and I hope you have a great day. They sound excited, amen? Well, I'm in trouble this morning. How do I follow that worship set? Amen? Man, we are, uh, we are blessed to have you all and uh, what you do. And uh, man, the, the praise that they lead us in. Amen? Amen? So I'm sorry if I disappoint you. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, we're blessed here uh, at our church to be able to worship and praise the way that we do. Uh, before I pray and get into the preaching time, I wanted to share two things with you if I could. The first is, uh, this past week and a half, we've been, uh, most of you who are on Facebook, been praying for my son, Caden, uh, who struggled with a blood disorder about a year and a half, two years ago. And uh, we were afraid that it was coming back. And in fact, his numbers were so low, and, and uh, they were like, keep him at home. And we were about uh, putting him in a hospital again and having treatments and all of those things. All of those fears came rushing back. Have you been there? You know, where you're just like, not again, you know? And uh, so Caden's here this morning. He booked it out, though, because he uh, didn't want me to talk about him while he was sitting in the seats. But on Friday, he said, I want my blood draw earlier uh, in the week so I can possibly go to church. And so he toughed it out and got his blood draw, and, and uh, his numbers were good. And uh, so, amen. <laughs> Thankful to have. My entire family here this morning, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's doing well, so thank you for praying for him. And then the other thing, I, I post last night on our Connect page that I wanted to uh, reveal something to you or an announcement to make, and this past week, I was hired as the new Love, Inc. director, so uh, amen. We're, we're just excited about what God is doing, and uh, you know, the, the Love, Inc. office is here in the church. And it only makes sense for me to step into that position. Love, Inc. gives us a door to the community uh, that, that a lot of churches just do not have. And so you can, will you pray for me now that I'm taking on another job? 
pray for Jillian and I as we uh, take on this task and this role. And, and, and my, my heart has been to reach the community for Christ, right? So I want to do that however I can. So pray for us and encourage us and, and, and more of you volunteer too. And uh, make uh, things a little bit easier. Uh, but God has got big, big things for Love, Inc., uh, our family, our church family. And I, I think we're just beginning to see what he has for us. So let's pray and ask God that he would speak to us through the text, through his word, uh, because we need his Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? We can't just come in here and just expect God to do something and we're not prepared and we're not praying that God would do something. We have to believe that he will. So let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for healing. Um, we thank you for uh, just doing what you've done with, with Caden. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you just continue to work in his life. God, uh, I believe you're raising him up for greater things and, and things that he has no idea about yet to come. Lord, I pray that you'd bless him. And, uh, Lord, we pray about Love, Inc. and the position. Uh, God, that you would strengthen Jillian and I as we take on yet another role. Um, God, I pray that you raise our church up, Lord, to continue to be mission-minded, focusing on the community in which we're here to reach for Christ. And I pray this morning that you continue to teach us how to worship you and praise you. And Lord, we're thankful. We're thankful for the things that you have in store for not just us as a church, but as individuals and as families. God, would you do a mighty work in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this morning we're uh, in week four of our series, Worship Wars. Everybody say, Worship Wars. I hope you've been blessed uh, so far and challenged and encouraged, hopefully, to further grow in your worship. Sometimes we can be complacent in the church, can't we? complacent in our worship. And so this series is meant to kind of take us out of uh, that realm of being comfortable. We love comfort and and to worship God in ways that he's instructed us to do so. So today we're going to cover the last four Hebrew words for praise. And hopefully they will further define or redefine our idea of worship. So let's jump right in. Everybody ready? Say yes. yes. All right, there we go. The first word we'll look at is Taudah. Everybody say Taudah. Hebrew scholars. Taudah means an extension. Here we go again. <laughs> an ex- extension of the hand. Thanksgiving. Confession. A, a sacrifice of, of praise. And, and, and here's where it captures the essence of Taudah. It, it says, Thanksgiving for things... Not yet received. Acquire, acquire of, of worshipers. Psalms 56, 11 through 12 says this. In God, in God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. I wonder how many people in here that are just living in fear. This is what it says. In God I have put my trust, I will not be afraid. And then he says this, what can man do to me? What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises, tauda, to you. So, so here again, church, we see a word for praise teaching us 
the body of Christ to extend our hands in praise in worship. Whether you were raised in this or not, whether it's comfortable or not, we're being taught to extend our hands in praise and worship. Tawda is much like the first word we looked at, yada, which means to extend our hands. The only difference is that now, now we are being instructed to extend our hands in praise for things yet to come. Amen? Things that we are believing God for. Things that haven't yet unfolded. Healing of sorts. I wonder this morning how many here are just waiting for God to heal them. There's a sickness. There's a disease. There's an illness. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's depression. But you're waiting for God to do something miraculous in your life. Believing, right? That's faith. Believing and expecting that God will show up. You know how hard it was this past week to trust God, to believe that God would do something in my son's life, and to raise those numbers, I thought, here we go again. Have you been there? Here we go again. I'm not ready. Maybe you're believing God for a healing of sorts. Maybe, maybe it's a financial blessing. Anybody in here in need of a financial blessing? <laughs> but keep the hands raised. That, that was willing. See, who raised their hands here? Look, now, now hands are, no one was willing and ready at first, but now that I'm passing out a gift, it's like, you know what, I think I'll raise my hand for that. Here you go. God bless you. Maybe you're waiting for a financial blessing. Maybe you've been praying, and now all of you are bitter at me because I don't have gift cards for, for everybody. I apologize. Maybe you're believing God to do something in your life, and you're hurting you're struggling and you are waiting. Maybe it's a, a new job. Maybe your job is just absolutely miserable. Maybe you don't have a job. And you're, you're, you're waiting. And you're waiting that God would show up and provide for you and, and do something. That, that he would show up and provide for you and your, your family. These are things... Amen? That we are believing God for that have yet to come to pass. Doesn't stop there. We're, we're to thank God. This is where it gets difficult because we can pray about things and we can believe God for things, but can we thank God while we're waiting? Some of us, that's difficult. Thanking God. We're in such a rush and a hurry, aren't we? And we want God to show up and reveal Himself and provide and do big things, but yet we are impatient. Thanking God. And you know the list that you have. You have a laundry list? I do. Things that I'm believing God for. Things that I'm waiting for God to do in my life and family's life and our church life. Thanking God for things that haven't yet happened. I wonder this morning if you say, you know what, God, I am going to thank you for this time, this season where you have me waiting. God, you're faithful. God, you'll provide. God, I will trust you. It's difficult. I'm a little bit miserable, (laughs) a little bit impatient and frustrated, but God, I am thanking you. 
for this season of waiting. Notice the definition of tawda includes the act of confession. Have have you ever once, maybe you have, have you ever once considered times of confession as praise and worship? In years past, I have not until learning these, because we want to dump and spill all of that ugly stuff about us right on, on the cross, on Christ. But do we think about that stuff, that time of confession as, as praise and worship as God is taking our weight and taking our struggles and taking our hurts? God does. God considers your times of confession as praise and worship. Notice the declaration that David makes here. In God... In God, I put my trust. In God, I put my trust. Not not myself, not my spouse, not my partner, not my friends or family, not even my pastor, although I trust my pastor, right? Although I have a good pastor. (laughs) In God, I put my trust. In God. Did you know I will fail you? Did you know that the church will fail you? Did you know friends and family will fail you? Your husband will fail you. Your wife will fail you. In God, where we put everything on Him, in God, I put my trust. Trusting God. In all things, in all things, in all areas of our lives, captures the essence of Taudah. It's an expression of, of great victory. Maybe you've had moments in life where you've experienced such an expression of praise. Amen? A moment of, of triumph and victory of what God has done in your life. Maybe it's something He's freed you from. Right? Maybe it's a provision of sorts where God has showed up. It's a moment of victory. Have you, has anybody had those moments? Like three of you? All right, all right. You're not being honest here. I hope you've seen God show up in your life. I hope you've had moments of victory and triumph where you praised Teldah, the Lord. David's life was not all it was cracked up to be, and yet he practiced Taudah. Anointed to be king of Israel, waited years for the promotion. Years for the promotion that God promised him as a boy. Has God ever made you wait for something? A couple of chuckles, a couple of head nods. Has God ever made you wait for something? What happens in the process You with me? What happens in the process of waiting for God to show up? Waiting on God. What happens? Pride gets stripped away. Doesn't it? Have you ever had your pride stripped away? Self-sufficiency gets stripped away. A level of independence as though I've got this. 
I'm good without God. I can handle my problems. I can handle this life on my own. Mm. God begins to strip those things away from us, those things that aren't good for us. We find ourselves at the mercy. Maybe you're there this morning. You find yourself at the mercy of God Almighty. Trusting in Him. I mean, we don't go to church. I mean, really trusting God in all things. Becoming dependent. I see so many believers that are not dependent on God and His Spirit and His power. It's like they think they just got it all figured out. What a mistake. Amen? What a mistake. I don't care who you are, how long you've been saved. You have to learn a dependency on God, fully trusting in Him. Maybe you're here this morning and you're waiting to be noticed. Maybe that's you. Waiting to be recognized. Maybe you're waiting for that job promotion. Man, just... Just the fact that Love, Inc. would hire me, friends, I've been, been waiting. I've been praying about this for like two years. God, would you promote me? <laughs> would you provide greater for our family? Would you do this, God? And when the time comes, man, I can praise him. I've prayed about this, right? Maybe you're waiting for that job promotion, that pay raise. Maybe that perfect relationship. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen. <laughs> You can keep waiting all day long. That relationship you have will never be perfect, but you're waiting and you're praying. We're imperfect people, aren't we? We're married to imperfect people. Maybe you're waiting for relief from physical suffering and pain. I know some of you have battles with that. I understand that. The last couple of days for me has been very difficult. Pain all over again. Praise God. Praise God. Maybe you're waiting for life to get easier. Anybody? (laughs) Guess what? That ain't going to happen either. The man that David would replace despised and rejected him, never stopped making life more difficult for him. Maybe you have a boss like that. No amens? (laughs) A manager of sorts that makes your life absolutely miserable every second of every day. Can you identify with David? That pressure, that stress. David spent years. David spent years running and hiding from Saul, marching to the king's orders while waiting. Everybody say waiting. For his promotion, his destiny to be fulfilled. And yet, don't miss this part. He worshiped, right? He worshiped while trusting God fully, expecting, I hope you remember these words, I'll test you next week, expecting, believing, trusting. I hope you leave this place trusting in God's best for you, knowing that God would step in and overthrow. The enemy put him in his proper place. When life seemed dark, many of you are there today. I can just tell. 
When life seemed dark and difficult and overwhelming, David rendered Taudah praises to the Most High God. Amen? How about you? How does your worship, your worship, not the church's worship, how does your worship stack up when problems, difficulty, hardships, stress pile up? How is your worship? The next word is Barak. Everybody say Barak. Barak. Everybody say Barak again. Always somebody trying to be funny. You're not the one preaching. Stop. (laughs) Barak. It means to kneel, to bless God. We're, We're always, we're always thinking of God in terms of blessing us. God, bless me. Bless my job. Bless my life. Bless my family, right? But here it says, To bless God. It's an act of adoration. To praise and to salute and to thank. To thank. I think too many of us don't spend enough time thanking God. Just a simple thank you for what He's done, what He's doing, and what He will do. Psalm 72.11 says, All kings... All kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Verse 15 says, And he shall live, and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually. And daily, it doesn't say on Sunday, amen? On my Tuesday night study, on my Thursday, no. Daily shall he be Praised. Barak. That means Monday. All you guys that go into work depressed. See, I have Mondays off. You guys should go into ministry. It's fun like that. (laughs) Daily shall he be praised. Barak. All too often, our worship is determined by our situations. By our circumstances. In fact, majority of the time, we neglect This is my opinion. We neglect God of rightful worship that's due Him. When when we're going through unthinkable things, difficult things, don't we? We sometimes act as though there's nothing to praise God for. We're just miserable. Life's too much. Four years ago, my mom had a triple bypass surgery. That's no cakewalk, amen? I watched my mom's health slowly decline while they kept her at the hospital for 52 days. Isn't that crazy? 52 days in the hospital. And I remember feeling as though the weight of the world was on me. I have a brother and some sisters, but yet I felt like the weight, you with me? Anybody have siblings like that? The weight of the world was on me to fix and figure things out, handle and problem solve. I felt helpless in every sense of the word. Have you been there? Maybe you're there today. Helpless to life's struggles and life's hurts. 
I remember feeling so overwhelmed throughout the entire trial, just waiting and believing, sometimes failing at that, thinking that it wasn't going to turn out the way it did. After a few days of her recovery, she began to climb her way back. She looked so helpless that first night as I was all by myself. I drove down to Milwaukee and we got into the room and I don't know how many hours post-surgery, but the ventilator was going and there was tubes and machines and beeping and more beeping and I wasn't ready to see my mom like that. You been there? Man, it hurt. It was a lot. But the relief and comfort I felt knowing that God, no matter what, God was in control, encouraged me. I came to the point where I fell to my knees outside her hospital room, sobbing before a gracious, loving, sovereign God. I prayed I worshipped on my knees, Barak, worshipping him for this act. He spared her. Has God ever showed up like that for you? Amen? Psalms 104, verse 4 says this, and this is where I think we get into trouble sometimes. Enter his gates, somebody say it, with did it say complaining? <laughs> what that? What, what's that word again? Think how often we come into church and we're irritated, <laughs> we're miserable, we're upset, we're overwhelmed, we're disappointed, we're bothered. Can I keep going? The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Would worship not be different if we were coming with thankful hearts? Amen? With praise. Tehillah. We're going to get to that word in a second. Give thanks to him and Barak. His name. Have you ever knelt down during a worship service? It's like, man, you're getting me to raise my hands. You're asking me to do all these weird things. We just don't do that. We stand here. This is who we are. I've felt moved. To kneel before God in worship. Sometimes in our prayer before service, two, three, four guys, whoever, or other times of prayer, I just get down on my knees and I pray. I don't care what they think of me when they open their eyes. Like, what's the pastor doing, right? What's he doing? This morning as we pray together before service, ta-da. Yada, praying with extended hands. These are expressions of gratitude. Gratitude. The word is used 289 times in the Psalms. And every time it's used, everybody say every time. time. That was a good one. It describes worshipers just like you and I, falling before God in reverence, adoration, and thanksgiving. Scholars believe that it's not just the act of bowing or kneeling, but is that the worshiper, don't miss this part, the worshiper keeps their eyes fixed on the king while doing so. It's not just about an act or expression. 
It's that our focus and our heart and our mind is fixed on Jesus and nothing else. Would our worship change? Would our worship not change if that were the case? Because we're easily distracted, are we not? When we praise God in this way, it's, it's an act of great humility. What if we worshiped like this when we came together? Instead of grading the worship. You all know you do it. <laughs> we grade the worship. We break down the songs and the lyrics. The, the volume. Man, there was some volume coming this morning, wasn't, wasn't there? We're going to look at the last word, Shabbat, and it talks about volume. What if we began to grade our own worship? I'm guilty of this too. I've walked out of a service and go, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was all right. Preaching was okay. The worst, fine. It's kind of loud. Not really for me. It's not my taste, not my style. It's not about those things. It's about Jesus. It's about our faith in God and connecting to Him. And Maybe it's not your style. You know, you know what I do sometimes? I just tune everything else out. And I pray. I pray. I fix my eyes on the king. What if we said after church, how did I worship God this morning? Maybe that's a conversation you'll have after church. Amen? How did I worship the king of kings this morning? We have to start asking the right questions. Was my heart right? Was my, or did we just sit here? Was my heart right? My mind and my eyes fixed on Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer, my King. Whew! Right? Well, it changes things, doesn't it? Psalms 103 says, Barak the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Barak the Lord my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Barak the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Barak the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Barak, Barak the Lord. Revelation chapter 4 is a picture of worshipers expressing Barak, is it not? As the elders fall down before the king, before the throne, they sang. And we, did, we sang this this morning. I just love how God pieces that all together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come, who lives forever. This is, this is the God that we have a relationship with. This is the God that we come here to worship. Laying down their crowns. Laying down their crowns before Christ. Proclaiming this. You are worthy. Is He not worthy? You are worthy. Our Lord and God. Do we worship God? These things convict me. (laughs) So I'm preaching to myself as well. Do we worship God in this way? The third word, tehillah. Everybody say tehillah. Tehillah. 
Tehillah means a hymn, a song of praise, a new song is kind of what we're going to focus on, a spontaneous song. Psalms 22.3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises, Tehillah of Israel. When we offer up new songs of praise, the Lord God takes up residence among us. Did, did, you, did you feel that this morning? Did you sense that? We sang that new song. It's powerful. God inhabits. God inhabits our, our praise. Our Tehillah. Our Tehillah. Oftentimes we get stuck in an era that we miss the power of a new song. I remember overhearing my parents talking as a kid about some of their church people upset we were doing praise songs on a Sunday morning. Amen? Oh boy, here we go. You learn a lot about church and worship and services being a PK, a pastor's kid. You wonder why I ran from the call for so long. I wanted nothing to do with that kind of church, that type of church. Praise songs and jeans and guitars were only supposed to be for evening services. That's it. Or campfires. Campfires are okay. But on Sunday morning was strictly hymns, piano, and the organ. Amen? (laughs) Nothing more. And oh yeah, drum beats, they were of the devil. (laughs) That's what we heard. That's what we were taught. That's what we were told. Electric guitars were straight out of the fiery pits of hell. I'm just saying. Things have changed. Things are a little different 30 years later. These are the things that I heard as an eight-year-old from my parents talking about their worship and the services and people were upset. God forbid they sing songs about Him <laughs> on Sunday morning in such a casual way. Mm. I remember thinking as a kid, and I, still, I don't know if you get that I still think this way. <laughs> Who cares? Aren't aren't they missing the point of worship? Aren't they paying attention to the wrong things? Aren't aren't they supposed to be there to connect with God? I'm so thankful that our church is showing my kids something completely different. You with me? Does it matter? There's something special that happens when God's people Sing a new song. Think about it. In every area of our lives, every area, we make changes, don't we? We we upgrade even. We we get the newest iPhone or iPad. Men, we get the newest F-150. Maybe only a couple of you have the newest F-150. I don't. (laughs) Avalanche, all right. I've taken some heat for that. We even upgrade our old appliances. Stainless steel, anybody upgrade their appliances? No one. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> we, we purchase new furniture when they become worn and maybe stained and the arms are, are falling off and springs popping. Some of you might keep those. I don't. <laughs> but in church, hear me out. In church, when it comes to new music or a new song, we resist. We fight it. 
We struggle with it. Things are changing. Yes, things are changing. God's doing a new work. Why do we fight it? Why do we resist it? Well, I get that you like that old song or older song. Here's why. In my opinion, take it or leave it. You can email me after the church service if you'd like. Something new. Something new isn't always the most comfortable, is it? New shoes. Are new shoes comfortable? Miserable. (laughs) New chair. New seat. Something new isn't always the most comfortable. The same goes for music. Worship music. But based on this Hebrew word, not pastor's opinion, based on this Hebrew word, I had to clear that up, this biblical word written by God for praise, God is asking us, His followers, to sing a new song. Can't we, as a church, lay aside the old recliner that's been sitting there for 50, 60 years, and sitting something new, even though it's slightly uncomfortable for a time. I remember working over at Goodwill in the warehouse department, and older people would come through with their older furniture, and they would always say, my kid, my son is making me get rid of this. I still like it. I love the color. This orange couch is just beautiful. I mean, look how warm it's comfortable. I just love that thing. Or, or my daughter, they feel like we got to, you know, get new furniture and do something new. And, and you can see in their hearts, they don't want to let go. They love that old furniture. They love it. And yet here they are donating it and dropping it off. Getting something new. And it's a transition. I'm not saying it's not a transition. It is. But it's necessary. If we're patient, if we're patient and we try it out, it will begin to feel the way the old ones did. Isn't God worthy of something new and spontaneous? Amen? I'm glad you all agree. The last Hebrew word for praise. I might get you out of here early today. You you cool with that? It's Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. It means to address God in a loud tone. Amen? Amen. Uh Uh-oh. All you guys are saying, it's too loud. It means to address God in a loud tone. To shout. To shout. But we we don't want to get too loud. We don't don't want people to hear us. (laughs) Some of you can't sing. I wonder how many people in here can't sing a note. Anybody willing to raise their hand for that? Four of you? All right, you guys, you, you keep quiet. Uh, the rest of you, <clears throat> just kidding. Shabbat means to be loud, to shout. Notice our kids in church, they shout. All the parents freak out. Maybe they're worshiping Shabbat. I have no idea. 
singing praises. Psalms 145 verse 4 says, One generation. Maybe we're in that time right now. I have no idea. One generation shall praise Shabbat. Your works. Your works to another. And shall declare your mighty acts. Don't we have something to sing about? Don't we have something to shout about? To lift our hands to? Amen. When my kids were younger, when I got the position here as your pastor, moving into my eighth year, I had some moments of Shabbat. You know what I'm talking about. You get that job you didn't think you were going to get? You weren't qualified for? I'm, not, I'm just saying that now, you know, eight years later. <laughs> you all took a chance on me. And I worshipped and I praised God and I left here in my car shouting, singing to God. Thank you. Have you been there? You know, it's, it's acceptable in the car, right? It's just you and your kids. Praising and thanking God for what He had done for me. That's what it's supposed to be like when we come together. Hands raised. Shouts of praise and gratitude. Then when I finished my degree, I again expressed Shabbat. I had finished, and it was God who sustained me. Then the day our doctor called almost two years ago and told us Caden's platelets were normal. I'd never heard the word platelets before. Man, six months of watching my son suffer. We shouted. We, we yelled. We high-fived. I don't know if we connected, but we tried to high-five. We celebrated. We expressed Shabbat. A loud tone. I like hearing the echo in here when I do that. Enjoying God's glory and goodness and love and faithfulness. Every song, every shout, every prayer, every confession, every hand raise, every poorly sung worship song to you four <laughs> that admitted you couldn't sing, He is worthy of it. He's worthy of it and worth it. He's conquered death. He's defeated Satan. For those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He's given you eternal life. Everlasting life. He saved us and spared us from death. Our meetings, our services, our Bible studies, our home life should be filled with God's glory. Oh, in order for that to happen, we have to begin to Worship, uh-oh, that old recliner's going. The way that he's instructed us to, from his word. From his word. Let me close with this one final question. What changes, what changes do you need to make? I'm speaking to every person in the room, not just the front row, middle row. Because this is between you 
and God. What changes do you need to make in your worship? Not, not what changes does your church need to make in worship. What changes do you need to make? I'm going to close in prayer. And I want to invite you to come up and pray at the altar if you, if you would like to. And I'll pray with you. And I'll have leaders come up. Maybe there's something that you've got to just give to God. Maybe it's a burden. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's a weight that you just cannot bear. We're going to invite you to come up in just a moment. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. We thank you that we are yours. That we are children of the Most High God. We belong to you. God, you've you've given us more than something to celebrate. God, I pray as we open up the altar that we would listen to the song and connect with you and maybe just bow our heads and close our eyes and begin to talk to you and listen to you. And Maybe it's a confession this morning that we, we have to make. Maybe we've sinned against you. Maybe we've walked away from you. God, you know these things. Let us praise you and worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you- hey, thanks for listening to the Hope Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you're looking for a church or it's been a while since you've been to church, why don't you come and check out Houghton Baptist? We certainly love to have you. You can come as you are. We do. Also, if you're interested in giving, you can give by text. Just send a text to 906-346-1317 and follow the prompts from there. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast and have a great day.